0: Hello, I'm Steve Dania and this is the My Pride Playlist Pridecast from Virgin Radio Pride. In each episode, we speak to a member of the LGBTQ plus community and go through tracks that have soundtracked their lives. Now, due to rights reasons, the music is shorter than the original broadcast, but it's still great. Enjoy. The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney Plus, celebrating all LGBTQIA plus identities. Welcome to My Pride Playlist tonight on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Daniel. I've been looking forward to speaking to tonight's guest for so long. He is Jeremy Joseph, club promoter, the genius behind the GAY brand in London and Manchester, a constant on the gay scene for over three decades. You're going to hear all the stories tonight, but let's start right at the beginning. Um, GAY was huge when it moved to the Astoria. Can you tell me, you know, how that happened?
1: It was kind of very very scary and i remember putting an advert in the gay press saying you know and telling the gay press at the time if you say who's putting this ad in we will be pulling it and not paying for it uh but we put an ad in get ready uh for the biggest lgbt club in the uk and you know i remember the owners of the fridge and and heaven ringing me going do you know who this is what do you know where this venue is <laughs> i have no idea i mean we, we didn't announce the venue or anything we kept it quiet and just while well, we planned everything and then um it was really exciting because at the time we had um uh for the the opening night moving up to the story Uh, because I've started to build a relationship up with both Danny and Kylie, I asked Danny to do the opening night, and Danny said yes. Um, Cue a Danny song now. Uh, (laughs) um, What's your
0: favourite Danny song? uh, Oh,
1: I'm not going to – you know what? The problem is I don't really have a favourite Danny song because I I love a lot of songs. But, you know, you have songs that have amazing memories, and I think one of my favourite memories – of for Danny would be this is it and that was because I was hosting on the main stage at Clapham Common probably the last ever gay pride where we could I think over a million people turned up there were no restrictions but it all got a little bit out of hand with the numbers and then suddenly like barriers had to go up and restrictions had to come in but in the good times of Clapham Common where there were no restrictions uh and Danny, uh, I got Danny to have done the main stage at Clapham Common, and she, uh, for the very first time, performed "This Is It." And I was standing next to her manager Terry, uh, who also looked after Kylie, and it was an amazing performance. And I, and it hadn't been released yet. And I said. Oh, my God, that is going to be such a huge hit. I need a a -A GAY. So I think from having that moment with Danny on the main stage at Clapham Common, I'm going to have to say this is it for a memory.
0: Danny Minogue, this is it. Chosen by My Pride Playlist guest tonight, Mr. G-A-Y, Jeremy Joseph. Uh, it all pretty much started, really, with Danny Minogue. Am I right in saying? So I got Danny to launch
1: it. And I rem- I really wanted about when we launched the Astoria, uh, um, a bit, it was going to be a month later was going to be Pride. And obviously, because Kylie had already done uh, the smaller venue, I really wanted Kylie for Pride. And I said, you know, and I said, Terry, please, 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 can we have Kylie for Pride It's the first night? I need a big name. I yeah. need a, like, I need someone who's like an icon. I need someone who's just got G-A-Y tattooed on them. And he, he, he said, well, let's just see how tonight goes with uh, Danny. Because obviously it was like no one knew what the night was going to be like. that So Danny's on stage performing, crowd going mad, everything going perfectly well. And I looked at him and he went, Kylie, Pride. Yeah. And I'm going on just about to go on stage to like take Danny off. And I'm going, you can't say that now. I'm about to scream and I can't even tell the audience. Um, And yeah, it was, you know, and then having obviously Kylie for our first pride, uh, Cue a Kylie song uh which obviously I think will always have to be better the devil you know no oh, it's
0: called um, Tell me quickly better the devil you know used to be played every was it saturday night it was night? every it was saturday night
1: at 12:13 it was like an hour before showtime and it was like uh, the thing about better the devil you know is it, it's about the intro of the song that very i wish i could do it now but yeah so you have to play that very beginning bit at we'll the cue march here yeah just that <laughs> 10 seconds there and it's a bit and it just got this amazing reaction and then there's a little bit of instrumental before vocal so it gives you a chance to now one hour show time and just build the audience up, coming on you know now whoever it would be and it was just that perfect pop song and so yeah it became our anthem for so many years <laughs>
0: Jeremy Joseph is my guest tonight on my Pride playlist. It's Virgin Radio Pride with me, Steve Danier. I suppose G A Y thinking about it was the first kind of big, like big super club out there. What kind of reaction did you get? Because we can't forget this was mid-90s and there wasn't the LGBTQ plus visibility back then. I mean, were you accepted? How did it go down?
1: Well, I, I think you know. Well, we went all out. I mean, we, when we moved up to Story, we had rules in place that we had said to Sorry. You know, my I had a goal. I mean, you know, you know, you don't. Know, you can't. It wasn't kind of planned, but it became a plan, if so to speak. Uh, you know, some of the artists that we had were getting positive coverage in the national papers, and if you think about it, at that time, the negativity towards the community. In, as a whole, it's like if you read about gay clubs, it was about drugs, it was about being seedy. It was the, the stories were vile. I mean, you know, it was you know it was legalized homophobia in, in in papers like the Mail, the Sun, and suddenly, because we were having certain artists on, there was a positive image of of an LGBT venue. And I thought we need to work on that because to create a positive image. It's a political statement. Mm. So we said to the uh, the owners of the story, we will move upstairs. We will do it. But I want everything. We're not going to be in a closet, okay? We are opposite centre point. Yes. You know, we are, you know, thousands of people walk past this venue every huge day. Sign out,
0: sign yeah, huge sign outside saying G-A-Y, out wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and
1: that was the point. It's like, for me, it was about, like, suddenly we're going to put gay in the center of town, you know, because if you go to like the fridge in Brixham or you go to, uh, heaven, they're, they're not like, you know, you walk past there and you wouldn't know that they were, Gay venues. So yeah. for me, this was a, a go. Right, you are going to walk past it. You are going to know it's gay. You are going to know it's LGBT. You are going to know. You cannot miss it. Yes. We are going to go for it. And and that was the goal. And it was to, the other goal was to create positivity. It's like you know when we got covered in the national paper, it was going to be positive. Mm-hmm. And it's like otherwise you're not going to get to cover the artists. And you know we work with the record lab- labels. We work with obviously uh, you know some great friends of mine who are uh, uh, big in PR we worked with them because obviously they wanted to look after their artists and it and it was a game changer you know and uh and it you know it that that was the for me a really important way of trying to politically try to, in our way, obviously there's a lot more other things that help to change the, people's attitude, but that was, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted to, people to pick up the sun yes. on a Monday morning and open it up and there'd be a big picture of a night at GAY and you just think, hang on a second, you know, and Mr. Homophobia is going to, uh, you know, up, <laughs> up in wherever, is going to sit and have to read it at the breakfast table. And then also, while they're sitting reading it, their son or their daughter will see it and go, there is somewhere out there for me.
0: Talking of the mid-90s, is it true that TV star, he was massive back then, Michael Barrymore came out on your radio show after a night in your club?
1: We were on air and the photographer who had organised this was a friend of, uh, of uh, Michael and had told Michael that this was happening. And obviously we went on air at 1 a.m., and Michael says, I'm going on as well. And uh, literally, um, I had, you know, the second half of the show plan, which is somebody coming into the studio doing a show with me, and I'd like I didn't know whether this was gonna happen or not. Literally, Michael walked into the studio at one minute to two. The news goes on at two o'clock. Yeah. I have two minutes to prepare an interview with michael barrymore i had no idea what i was gonna you know there was wow. nothing i didn't know what i you know i couldn't have like a conversation what he was gonna say him. or well i didn't i didn't know what he was gonna say i didn't know what i was gonna ask i didn't know what am i allowed to ask anything What well, you know i had no idea
0: how did you cope what did you do um
1: I don't really know. You you don't really think about it. You're just put onto the spot, and you just do it. But it it actually wasn't that difficult. I mean, you know, because I kind of already knew him. I'm not going to sit here and say we were friends, but I knew him. I'd spent time with him at the club, Um, and you know, obviously, I knew his story. And obviously, you know, with Michael, he's been he'd been open about drinking, drugs, his wife so it was talking about giving him a chance to tell his story and michael's you know was always a people person so he was very easy to talk to and it was a great opportunity to to you know to get it off his chest and i don't know whether it was planned or not or whether it was just coincident, but the next day he was going on holiday to Miami. So he literally, we did the interview. It lasted an hour. I don't know how it lasted an hour. (laughs) I remember my last line of the program was, we're about to go, uh, okay, thank you very much. We're going into the news. And Michael turned trying to go, no, we are the news. (laughs) Went into the news and went, oh my God. And I didn't think about it. And then the next day I was living in Sheppard Bush at the time. I remember going down to... uh, to um i can't remember why i was getting down to the shop to buy uh a um a newspaper i get come down out to the fact there's a photographer outside taking a photo of me and i go what the hell's going on and and i and then i looked at the evening standard and we are front page yeah and i'm getting a phone call go you need to get down to the radio station now I go why i go because like there's going to be a press conference now and um, and then it it, it, ju- it just exploded for like the next three days. My life was my own. I was being like on the big breakfast. I was just everywhere. You were, weren't you? And I mean, it was, you were it the was news. Literally, but I had no control over anything. I was like, the radio station were organizing it. And it's weird because sometimes you spend time with people and you forget how newsworthy they are. You don't really understand the bubble that they live until you're brought into that bubble mm-hmm. and he was and then the other problem as well as i said he went to miami so i was left on my own to deal with this <laughs> now i don't know whether that was deliberate or whatever the only positive thing was at one point i do know from his management someone had said like michael you need to get back here and and deal with it and then i did like the first day of whatever prayer and then they said no you stay there he's doing a great job and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> so that was a positive story but you know Michael's story is, is, you know, that it was, you know, it, it's important to me to like throughout whatever we do to help somebody in their life story. Um, and so to be part of his journey, you know, it, 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 you know, it was, you know, I hope that that helped him.
0: Well, let's break for some music and another staple G.A.Y. anthem. This takes me back to that big stage at London Astoria. It's Gina G. G-U-R, a are a Virgin Radio Pride Classic right there on my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Denier. Uh, talking to Jeremy Joseph. Let's talk about all the acts that chose to play week after week, year after year. I mean, Jeremy, I bet you could get anybody you wanted.
1: Some record labels were up for it, some were not. Really? Some yeah, and it's some artists. So it wasn't
0: a given, because I it. It wasn't quote, a so given. You- no,
1: it wasn't a given. It took a long time. And also there's a you know there's a lot of homophobia within record labels. And there's also a lot of homophobia um, with uh, actually from gay people. Like you'd actually find that some of the artists who wouldn't do the club were gay. They wouldn't do it. So that was one thing. So it's interesting, like the battle you got, or it would be like homophobia within people who were gay themselves within the labels who did that. Oh no, that's not a good idea for our artists. And it's interesting, like some of the people who supported Jay White were actually not gay, and and it's like you know, and so and it it wasn't as easy as everyone thinks. You can look back at something and go, oh look, that's amazing, but it wasn't, you know, that there, there there was a battle on your hand, and also there was like, you know, for me, and we haven't actually achieved every goal that I wanted to because obviously, the more, you know, there are certain parts of the music industry that are, you know, still homophobic, and you kind of want to like, you know, you want to get. You know, for me, I'd like to get more male r b artists on because that is an area that still needs tackling uh, to, to help, you know, uh, get a positive message along. You look at how often someone like Lil Nas X gets uh, attacked within his own yeah. genre of music. So we need more... Not necessarily just Lil Nas X coming up and perform, but actually some of the straight male artists coming to perform, because that would send a positive message. So, you know, so sometimes. And I remember there was one agent, and we tried to get, uh, and it's it, and also this is like, you know, we tried to get Justin Timberlake. Right. And I remember, and we were, I thought we were close to getting him. Yeah. And at the time, the agent involved turned around and said no because they didn't want people to perceive Justin as being gay. Wow. Yeah. Now, at the time, I thought, oh, my God, is Justin homophobic? Yeah. And it was really weird, because obviously, one of NSYNC is gay. So I was like going, this doesn't add up. What's going on here? And then, then obviously, over the time, when you see, when we were fighting for equal marriage and things like that, Justin was very pro-supportive of equal marriage. So you see... Uh, and obviously, Justin played gay characters in movies. So, so you've seen that that he is very pro-gay. But it's somebody who worked for him, or or you know, who 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 actually said who said no, we're not going to let Justin do it because. It. So, but then that makes you think that gives a bad representation of that artist, and then you think something bad about that artist that isn't true. Yes. So you know that that is a problem. So you know within agents, management, labels, whatever. Sometimes it's the people who work there who can send a bad message out about an artist, which isn't true. And I'm glad now, looking back at that, that that you've seen some of the positive things that, that Justin has done so that I can actually see, actually, I was wrong.
0: I don't know if you can answer this. I Go don't on. know if you want to answer it. I will it. You've try. You've probably been asked it a million Go times. On. Do you have? Because you've you've entertained so many amazing artists. Have you got like um, a list of a top top three nights? No. You know, <laughs> um,
1: and I'll tell you why. Because it's not fair to you know each so many artists. There are so many stories and so many amazing adventures and, and journey. And I think if you if I was to Name three. It would then, unfortunately, I think, be unfair on some of the others. You know, I mean, there will always be moments. There will be, but you know, sometimes I look back at moments and I don't. I didn't enjoy them, even though they were amazing, because I was so stressed out. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's really weird. But the moment when we had Madonna. Q hung
0: up. I'm going to stop you right there. Let's stick hung up on, and then you can tell me all about the Madonna night because I'm I was there. I am dying to hear every single detail.
1: I absolutely hated that night. Did you? Yeah, but not because I mean she was amazing, don't yeah. get me wrong, but the pressure of of having Madonna at JY knowing that the worldwide press were
0: watching. But you had um, people queuing for 48 hours plus didn't uh, you well, before. Well, okay, so
1: we'll, we'll go we back about? to the beginning <laughs> of the journey. Let's go. Back. So the first thing so I tried to get Madonna a million times. Yeah, I bet. Okay. Um and I've, you know what the, the thing is that whenever I got a reply about Madonna they never said no. It was not like, sometimes you get a no or you get, or they're not available at the moment. The way the replies always were, is that there was like, this could happen. And it everyone like, when I heard hung up, I, I wrote them an, an, uh, uh, an email, and I, and, I said, and it literally said, if Madonna doesn't do G.A.Y. now, ne- she never will. This has G.A.Y. written all <laughs> over it. This song, uh, you know, a, a sample of that, but I'm sorry, but if she doesn't do it, I'm going to go, this is never going to happen again. I get a phone call, and I missed the call. It went to, the, uh, to my answer phone, and it goes, hi, this is Barbara, which is Barbara Chirona. This is the call you've been waiting for. Um, And I remember the exact time this was, about 10.20 in the morning. She goes, I'm out of the office. Um, I'll call you around 4 o'clock and we'll talk then. And I'm going, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, (laughs) 4. That's six hours. Six hours. You have just called me and gone, this is the call you've been waiting for. Six hours. I can't tell anyone because they're going to think I'm stupid. And then, you know, and I'm like going, oh, my God. So I think I may have Madonna. I can't tell anyone. What do I do? So anyway, I'm, I'm trying to plan a day of just like, you know, and I'm a gossip, but I've got to keep my gob shit <laughs> shut because I don't want this to get out. Then I get the call from Barbara. It's going to happen, but can you do me a favor? Can you not tell anyone? What? So the plan is that we want to do the GAY date, but we're going to book everything else around. So she'll be doing some TV interview. She'll be doing a show somewhere else, but everything's going to be booked around that week. And we haven't planned it yet. We're planning it now. Yeah. Okay. So I've got Madonna. Yeah. But I can't tell anyone.
0: And her schedule's based around yeah. your okay. night. Yeah. Okay.
1: So until everything is you can't tell anyone. No one. No. Great. So <laughs> I've got this secret hanging over me. At light, and that That was a nightmare. And then nearer the time, because we decided not to announce it. It was Madonna. We just call it confessions on the G.A.Y. dance floor and let. And it was just so obvious. And then obviously, you know, this is Madonna, a worldwide superstar. We knew this was going to get out of hand. So we had, you know, then we spoke. We had meetings with the management, with the, the agent, and how they wanted to do it. And they said, like, look, we don't want people, like, turning up on the night. Like, because not the way we run, we don't do advanced tickets. But they said, this, we want you to do advanced. So literally, we had to plan. And they then also said, we want this to be for people who go to GAY you need to only do this for people who come to GAY Although, because we can do Wembley Arena for, for Madonna fan we don't That's want so we want cool, this about GAY this is really so we had to do this whole thing where for a week before you had to come to GAY we'd like stamp up this t- yeah. this kind of card where then you would come and queue up the and we would sell them and it it was the most rare. we didn't think that there'd be like we just thought people would turn up the next morning to click their wristband no people started queuing at like you know I think it was like 10 was o'clock at night it was weather the night before, as well they
0: so were people outside in blankets? Or- uh, it
1: wasn't that cold. No, oh, okay. there you go. But we were like... But then it was with my friend Michael and I, we were like... We were like... We got tea urns. We were making people tea. We were serving the biscuits. <laughs> because it was like... It was just the most incredible atmosphere. We stayed up all night. Yeah. We had this... So, you know, going into... Having to do Madonna... At G y White No sleep But it was. we we just thought If everyone else Is going to stay up We can do And we would, And everybody was singing Madonna's song Old Compton Street Was amazing yeah. It was just The most incredible Atmosphere uh, Just on the street And the day they done it Anyway Wristbands came out That all went Go down That They just literally Took over the Astoria I mean She has um, The most amazing People behind her And one thing You always know You can You can see Whatever, however critical somebody may be of someone or whatever, whatever you read in the paper, one way I learned about how amazing people are is about the team around them, but not just the team around them, but how long they've been with them. And she had people around them who had been with her for years. So whatever negative things you may read about an artist, if they've got the same people around them for years, don't believe it, because the the tea, if the, no one's going to hang around someone who's a nightmare like that—they're not. The team around her is incredible and loyal, yeah, and she's loyal to them. So, um, and then it was its development. So they're all setting up, the, and all of
0: that. Um, did she rehearse? Or, I'm so, dying to watch. Well, did she, come she did. In and rehearse? So
1: there was one point, and then there's a the point where she walks in. She's on stage, and we're on the dance floor. There's about three or four of us and her whole crew, and we. And I did that, and I looked and went, "Oh my god, there's Madonna! <laughs> there's Madonna!" And it's like, so that was like wow. So she did her rehearsal. Didn't get to speak to them because literally it was in and out. And then she came back. Um, and I remember the week before lying to the owner's story. So the was a bit tacky at the time and it needed work and they weren't spending money on it. And I lied and I said, Oh God, Madonna's being so demanding. She said, You have to decorate and paint backstage. And I completely lied, but it wasn't. I just wanted backstage decorated. So an apology to that, to Madonna now, I'm going to admit, I lied to the owners. I said, Won't get it unless you decorate backstage. But I got the whole of backstage done up. So that was amazing. Um, and then, um, so that was incredible. And then my moment with Madonna was just before she went on stage and it was just her and I standing by the stage door before you walk on stage. And we, were, we didn't, like, she was just preparing. So I didn't really say anything for her. And then you could hear that whole audience chanting her name. Yeah. And, every, and it's like I look, she looked at me, I looked at her, and we just smiled at each other. But it was like, I, th- I felt like we had a moment. Um, and then... <laughs> And it literally, I went up to the balcony and I was literally not enjoying a moment of it because it's like, I it just had to be incredible and then watch the show. And for me, and often, a lot of artists, Kylie especially, they are perfectionists and they can do one thing wrong on stage that the audience don't notice, but they notice Mm. and they're not happy. So for me... It's about when you they come off stage and then I go back and we're chatting, how was it and it and it how they are then, and so if they go, Oh my God, that was me, I loved it, and I like, I can enjoy the night, so it was going back then and seeing Madonna and and how was t- she I, she was amazing, and she loved it, and you know uh, and she was really happy and so for me, it was just like like that it was amazing. that like a magical moment because she had given me that, yeah, I loved it, you know, yeah. so I was like. Thank God for
0: that. Well, I was there that night, and literally, I I will always remember the explosion of sound when she ended on this track, because I know that she did this especially for the GAY audience. It's everybody. That's it, Madonna. Jeremy Joseph from GAY is here tonight on My Pride Playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. Uh, Madonna, of course, that was a stunning night. There is also the other really memorable night involving Danny Minogue and Kylie, the Danny-Kylie appearance. Now, that was, I mean, remembering that night, that was an incredible surprise.
1: Uh, Danny, as I mentioned earlier, Danny did her Greatest Hits album launch that night. Kylie had turned up. It was the first time Kylie had been out since getting uh, the all clear of cancer. Um, And she'd come to support Danny. She was up on the the balcony watching the show. Some people had spotted her, but not a lot. And like Kylie came down to the side stage. Nothing was planned. And... Uh, she stands on stage and she said I'm going to go on I said do you want me to introduce you she said no I'm just going to walk on Wow! and it was just one of those moments and she walks on stage after Danny said Danny thinks I'm going to walk on with flowers I didn't Kylie walks on the, uh, <laughs> the emotions in that room were incredible and I remember like first it, it was like a maximum wave of applause the front people noticed it was Kylie and started going going mad and you could hear the applause getting louder, louder and louder and Kylie spoke. You couldn't hear her speak. It was so loud but it was just like... Wow. It wasn't just... I can't describe... It wasn't just that Kylie had walked on stage. It was the first time anyone had seen Kylie since knowing that she'd had cancer, she'd had the all clear. It was a complete moment of like, oh my God, Kylie's back. Wow. And even Danny didn't know Kylie was going to walk on. Danny's face just dropped. She was like, oh, my God. And it's obviously you have to remember, cancer affects a whole family, not the person who has it. So, you know, so obviously there'd been a journey for both of them. So the emotions of both of them seeing each other on stage together. And you could see Danny speechless. And Kylie, like, taking the moment and going, well, are we going to sing together? <laughs> and 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 Danny's face go, what what? Like this is not planned. And then uh, Ki- Kylie starts singing, jump to the beat. And again, Danny's like, oh my god! Like, and then she, and then Kylie goes, come on! And they then did like a minute a cappella together, and it, it was just incredible. And I I think the highlight for me was like literally, I walked on the stage when I took them both off. I just like the, ve- the it was just. Pure emotion in the room. And I remember then on the Monday, um, uh, going to the gym, yeah, uh, I was on the treadmill, and you, you, and I've, and the news came on, I was had the headphones on, and the headline of the news, and there was like, things going on, war in Iraq, everything going on, but the headline of the news was... Kylie walking on stage to Danny at GY and I'm going, and I nearly came flying off the treadmill <laughs> and it was just a, and then I'm getting a message from a friend who's in Australia. I'm going, Oh my God, I'm in Australia and I can't escape you. You're the headline on the news there. And it's just like, and it's just one of those moments where it goes across the world and you're that story. And yeah. it's amazing.
0: Thank you for listening to my Pride playlist tonight. It's Virgin Radio Pride. Jeremy Joseph is my guest. And we were just talking about you securing Heaven Nightclub when you moved from the Astoria. Um, Can I take you back to that? That must have been really difficult. What was it like when you were told you had to move? What kind of reaction did you have? I mean,
1: one of the biggest problems... And one of the hardest things to deal with at any time is the negativity on social media. And I remember the, the time when we bought it. Oh, he's going to destroy heaven and all that. And so much hate because obviously heaven was our competitor and suddenly a competitor bought it. But heaven was going to go under. They were going to like either we took it or you don't know who's going to own it. And it's like so it's like and we were public on that. And it's just like, so, you know, why the negativity? It's like, lose a venue or gain a venue. Yeah. It's like, we'd lost the your story. Do you want to lose two venue? Stop the hate, you know? Mm-hmm. This is the hardest thing. I've, I've realised, you don't realise that, that how much hate on social media affects you. Uh, and it's like, it takes, you know, I think only through the pandemic have I realised how much it's affected me and how much it destroys you and how much it eats into you. Um, And so taking on heaven was like, you know, it was like, you know, it meant that G.A.Y. would survive.
0: And there's a whole generation now of people that will only remember it at heaven. I mean,
1: I, I mean, that really breaks my heart because like the Astoria has so much history. We've been involved in so, mu- so many campaigns, whether it be the fight for equality, the fight for uh, an equal age of consent, the fight for gay marriage. We've been involved in so many campaigns. There was a night, one of my favourite nights, well, I will always remember, was the night, and it was in LA too, What well, uh, wasn't the Astoria, but the LA too, was uh, the night when uh, we voted for, uh, there was a vote, for an equal age of consent at the time, the age of consent was 21. We were trying for 16 because that was the age of consent for heterosexual, and uh, we didn't get it. We got 18, but you know, and there was so much anger uh, because it wasn't an equal age of consent. It was, okay, you know, some people go, "Oh, be happy, you've got it dropped to 18." No, it was about having equal. an equal age of consent. You know, if you want an equal, if you want an equal age of consent, then increase it to 18 for heterosexual. But it was about equality. And I remember like being in the LA too, and for the first time ever, we had MPs on stage who had voted for the Equal Age of 16 coming on stage and going, this is wrong. And it's like being in an LGBT venue. And again, the night when we did get 16, we were in the Astoria and MPs coming on stage. And, you know, that night, you know, there were unplanned nights. That we were—I mean, we were playing. We would be open, whatever happened. But just the emotion. So it was the emotions in the room in LA too, and then the emotions in the room in the story when we got an equal age consent. You know, it's like being part of LGBT history. Having people like Peter Tatchell on stage, being able to get on stage and talk—we did it—or right, the battle's not over. You know, and these are things that are part of our history. That that. LGBT people who are going out now don't realize that th- what they didn't have, what they have now, yeah. and the fight to get it, and and it, and like and so the Astoria was a huge part of that, and it's like that venue's not here now, no. and people like you know don't know their own LGBT history, and and I find that really upsetting. You know, I find it like, it, it, you know that we, you know, I want people to know where you know the journey to where where we've got to Mm -hmm. and also the journey when you know they look at artists like Kylie they look at artists like Steps you know Steps are celebrating 25 years but their performances launched were at were at the Astoria and it's like you know, I love it when I hear them talk about it. And But then, you know, when people go, when they say, oh, you know, they, they love G-A-Y, they think it's heaven. No, it's the Astoria.
0: Well, whether it was the Astoria or the latter heaven, uh, your next pick brilliantly encapsulates it all. Uh, you can't do a G-A-Y special without sticking on steps. So this is the one. This is the one that everyone will remember. It's Jeremy Joseph joining me tonight on my Pride playlist. Steve Denyer on Virgin Radio Pride. Um, your thoughts on that stepson? Because it, it's legendary, isn't it? It still sounds great.
1: Last thing, in my mind has a, 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 a great memory for me because when when they did five, six, seven, eight, uh, everyone thought, oh, this was they were just a uh, what's it, a one hit wonder. It's kind of a party kind of record. It's a you know, it's a it's. They weren't looked at as a pop band. When they did "Lasting on My Mind," and it was it was just before release, and so no one knew it, uh, and they kind of knew it. Some people knew it, it as a minor banana armour song, but when they when they did that, it was in in you know five six seven eight had been a hit for weeks in the chart, and but "Lasting on My Mind," unknown song, when they performed it, got a better reaction to five six seven eight. And I remember standing with the manager going. Oh my God, look at that reaction. This is a band. Yeah. And then you see the band in the making. And to me, so that was a turning point of going, oh my God, steps.
0: Wow. I just thought, I got a text when I told somebody that I was seeing you today. They said, uh, ask Jeremy about Adele, about the Adele night. So I've got to ask you about the well, Adele night. Well, there's two night, Adele nights. it's nice it... to know that you could still do this, you know. I mean, the controversy over the Adele and the... But they're
1: talking about the Adele night recently where she walked on well, stage. But hang on, on but they're, 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 so there was a type, of, there's a, an amazing night. And a, and I don't, I didn't know how risky this was. But there was a, and we had Adele book for pride so we've always tried to get big acts for pride so we've had kylie doing loads of pride night we've we've obviously had lady gaga doing pride night but there was a night where we had adele doing it but at the t- um, time uh, adele had just cancelled uh, uh coincidentally she just obviously did j y and she cancelled las vegas but she just to cancelled the american tour she'd had uh, problems with her throat, she'd had a throat operation. And they were gonna use G.A.Y. as a test to see whether she was back to perform again. Um, so we had decided not to advertise it. So we got G.A.Y. Pride to Pride, and we were like, we was, there were rumors going around here, but everyone knew, but you know, Pride night, every venue's packed. We yeah. don't need to say who we got in, we just like, so that was the thing. And so we were gonna do Adele. When she sound checked, she goes, oh, thank God for that. I, I, got, I only got the all clear yesterday. What? Yeah, I had to go to the doctor's get. So hang on a second. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had had, the, like, not the all clear, I'd all have cool. no act for Pride night. And we've had to, She goes, I would have done it anyway. Don't worry. I go, <laughs> okay. But, like, she got the all clear. She came to sound check. Literally, just somebody drew, drove her. She's, like, so... You know, when you see that kind of thing with Adele, she's so normal. She really is. It's not an act. No. It's like, she turned up, it's just her drive, did sound check. She kept going, do you think they're like me? Hang on a you You're Adele. It's like, you know, I'm doing ballads. It's me and a pianist. Or, you know, do you think someone like you will go down? Why is this Adele asking me this question? I'm going, oh, my God. It's like, loving it, loving it. Going, no one knew it was there. There were so many rumors going around, and then and we kind of like were putting stuff out during the week to, like, to get away from rumors. So there was a rumor at one point because I think it was the same year that Beyonce was doing uh, uh, what oh my god, I've forgotten the festival. Um, what the one in the Glastonbury, uh, Glastonbury, yeah. that's it. Oh my god, that sorry. <laughs> um, and so the rumours. So we were having to go if you can see them anywhere else in the UK, it then when they're not doing GY, so we were spreading, we were having so we Amazing. weren't. Spreading rumours who it was. We were spreading rumours who it wasn't. Was it? Okay. So there were various rumours going around, and we were going around. Nope, not that. Um, and it was amazing. And literally, literally before she went and said, she are you sure they'll be okay with it? I go, trust me. There's a piano on stage, a grand piano on stage. And literally, so I walk on stage, and I start going, right, let's let's say who it isn't. And then literally building up the intro and going, so here's somebody... Recently, had to cancel their American tour because they've been having throat problems. But this is their first time they're performing through that. And then it's like this is one of the biggest artists in the world, and like you know, and the pl-
0: people I'm you get goosebumps here. It. Yeah,
1: well, it did, and you could get. But people were, I was like being very, uh, not saying it, little hints, and but people were picking it, and you could hear the crowd reaction growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, as, like, you know, as they realised. And then she walked on stage, and the place went ballistic. Sometimes it lasts in love,
0: but sometimes it hurts in stage. Someone like you from Adele on Virgin Radio Pride. It's my Pride playlist. I'm Steve Dania with Jeremy Joseph and the most unbelievable, explosive showbiz stories tonight. And, of course, we can't end there with Adele because there was another really memorable Adele story that happened literally just a few months ago, right?
1: Again, she was in the UK for the Brits and doing Graham Norton and... Um... It was a -A G.A.Y. porn idol, Cheryl Hull with the guest judge. Uh, She'd just come off. uh, And this is quite funny, actually. She'd just come off UK versus the world. She'd been eliminated in episode two. Important to say that, and I'll come back to that in a moment. (laughs) Okay. But, um, and uh, the manager comes up to me and he goes, oh, um, the security front door going. Adele's about to pull up the back door. She wants to come in tonight. Is that Okay. What do you mean, is it okay? <laughs> Get that back door open. And, and it's like, and you know, she'd been living in America. I thought, well, she, I don't know if she'll remember me or whatever. And so I, I went back to, the, to, to Cheryl, to Tutu, to Alfie. And I said, listen, I think Adele's about to turn up. Uh, uh, if you want, I, I literally thought, I, th- I thought she'd be there for five minutes. She'll come back, have a drink, go. I thought, you know, she's not gonna stick around. And I said to them, look, if you want a photo with Adele, you've got two minutes to get ready. And they look at me, yeah, whatever. I'm going, okay, if you want a photo with Adele, up to you. Adele comes up. Uh, uh, they hear her voice. And they go, he's not lying. We're like <laughs> chatting away about like when she last performed at GAY, how things are all. We were just gossiping. And it was lovely. And then she's like, well, do you want to meet the, other, the queen? She goes, Yeah. So she comes out and they're, they're, just, they're ready. Two minutes, quickest any Queen's ever got ready. <laughs> uh, they're ready. They're chatting to her. We did backstage photos. We're about... She then we have a box at the side the, the dance floor. She goes into the box with her friend to watch the show. The people at the front spot Adele. You can see everybody on the dance floor turning towards the box I'm about to go on stage. No one's looking at the stage. I go, great. And I'm thinking, what do I do? I do. Alfie and Tutu go on. Minor reaction to them, because they're all people at the front have just spotted Adele. Yeah. I think she's going to leave now. This is getting out of hand. Um, she does a really good thing. Um, she takes a step back and she sits down. So she tried to take the focus off the show, which I thought was a really sweet thing to do. I walk on stage again the back of the dancers reacting that the show's going to happen. The front's still looking at Adele. And I'm going, look at me. No, look at me. The show's here. <laughs> back the show's here. <laughs> I remember here. I've got to introduce contestants now. Look at me. Show started. At that point, I can't see Adele now. So I don't know if she's still here, gone, or whatever. Um, I speak to Jack, who's my assistant. I go, Jack, go and check that they want a drink. See that she's having a good time. So, you know, if she wants to come on, she can come on. <laughs> so uh, he goes, no, she's not going to come on, but they're, they're fine. They've got drinks. Everything's OK. We do the show. Um, we picked up a guy and a girl from the audience, uh, two contestants. And um, and they are. The, and, and then so we have nine contestants by audience reaction. We eliminate seven. We've got two, two contestants on stage, uh, one guy, one girl. Uh, audience re- uh, reaction to decide who's going to win the competition. The girl gets the better reaction, but the judges have overruled because they p- thought the guy was better. Right. So they overruled, even though they overruled the audience. And and I'm going and I'm going, oh my god! And the audience, like, I'm going, so the the guy may have won. The audience for booing, and then so I going, shall I overrule? So I go right. I think I need to get. Another opinion from someone. (laughs) I didn't know Adele was going to walk on. And then I get a nod, Adele's going to come on. So the audience went mad because they thought I was overruling uh, the the judge on the male contestant winning for the girl to win because that's what the audience wanted. So I said, I'm going to bring on another judge to to overrule or to make a final decision. So the crowd are going mad because Adele walks on. Now, anyone who goes to G.O.Y. now knows that my dog, Jacob, r- keeps running across the stage during <laughs> yes. the show. He's now looking at me. Look at um, him. <laughs> and Adele walks on. The place goes ballistic. It's Adele, the biggest star in the world. Adele ignore- ignores the audience. She starts playing with Jacob at the back of the stage. <laughs> so they're all going mad. Jacob's getting all the attention, which is, uh, which is what he deserves. <laughs> he does. And then she gets up. And then she does this thing about going around the pole. And then she, and then obviously everything else is history. But it's just, again, one of those incredible moments. So when she left, I, I want to say this now, because if she hears this. Uh, so we're chatting when she leaves, thank you, da da da, blah, blah. And she goes, you know, I've got this place in LA. If you want to pop over, you know, when you meet someone on holiday and you've become friends with someone on holiday and they go, oh, yeah, let's keep in touch. And you go, <laughs> Don't. Uh, like, you know, if you, when you, you know, when you get back home and then they message you, you go, oh God, why are you messaging me? Well, Adele says to me, this, I've got this place in LA, you know, uh, and if you want to come, you know, I've got space, you want to come over and stay and all that. And I'm thinking, what, the place? Uh, how big is this place? So I'm like, going, and I'm like thinking, yeah, right. So if I might turn up in LA, so if you're listening to this, you know, maybe I'll be one of these people, I will turn up in LA you and will I will, I am staying at yours.
0: Second track from Adele tonight because she's important. She deserves a second play. My Pride playlist on Virgin Radio Pride. I'm Steve Dania. Uh, it's unbelievable to be joined by Mr. GAY, Jeremy Joseph. A couple of questions for you, Jeremy. Two questions here. What's left for GAY and who is left that you would love to see you play at the club? Because you mentioned Lil Nas X earlier.
1: Um, funny enough we were supposed to ha- have him as a surprise uh and uh he was supposed to perform um and unfortunately due to covid he was supposed to come over and do the jingle bell ball and secretly no one knew this time he was going to do jingle bell ball on the sunday can do Gay for popcorn on the monday complete surprise going to announce it on the day um uh, I, and then obviously someone tested positive covid they didn't fly over um so uh and the, uh, so you know, so it could still happen. Uh,
0: I hope so. I'm, uh, Not the you way know Jacob is currently straddling me right oh, here—that's fine. Have I, I he's, made a friend?
1: He's, I don't know if you've made a friend, but he's allowed to. <laughs> exactly. um, so the truth of what—I don't know what the future holds at the moment. So we're closing in two weeks'
0: time for a week. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, when does this go on air? This will go on air probably in about a couple of weeks. I should think. Okay, so two or three from, weeks.
1: Last night from June, oh, 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 he's caught his leg. Oh, Oh, there he's back. So, on the 12th of June, I'm closing all the GY venues for a week. Okay. The manager's still on holiday,
0: by the way. I read something. Is this? Yeah, so this is is it.
1: Well, I'm going away. Um, But the problem is that there are a lot of things that happen. So, it's not that I don't trust the manager to run it while I'm away, but there are things that happen when the venues are open problems, social media, whatever. That you can be on holiday, that can overtake your holiday, and yeah. the last two and a half years, I haven't had a break, and I'm not like, don't get the violin out, but it's been it's been a continuous journey. It's, I don't know what I want anymore, um, but I truly don't know. Like, you can't make decisions while you're while you're open while you're doing things. So the idea is to take a complete break. So I close the venues. Everyone has a break at some time. That no one can like. Hopefully, nothing can happen while that week happens. So we can like. There'll be no emails. Fingers crossed. There'll be no, no situation, um, and then I can decide what I really want. And there there are probably three or four options on the table, including closing and selling up. Really? Yeah. That that is an option. Uh, I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm not even going to think about what I'm going to do. Um, but I know what the options are. And the idea is, is that while I'm away, that's when I think about what the options are. Wow. Um, and, and then, you know, you come back. I, I, I think that, like, for so many people, never really understood mental health until the pandemic. And if you look at the positive from the pandemic, you get a better idea of, of certain things that have gone in your life and the effects of things that have gone in your life. You don't realize that that, that that the effects of it with your mental health, because you we didn't understand it. If you look back at five years ago and you look at situation five years ago and you, the effects it had on you, you didn't actually link it to mental health. You've only the last two years or so that you've actually, that, you know, publicly we've all been talking about mental health, the, the reactions when you, and you, you know, even you look at what happened with Caroline flat, even then people like, you know, she took her own life because of the, the, the hideousness of social media, the campaign of be kind. And then within weeks, people were being nasty again. Mm. It's like, but then the pandemic happened and, and I'm hope I, I thought the pandemic would make people nicer and it hasn't. Right. Um, but it has made some people a lot more understanding, but it made me understand a lot more about myself, the things that maybe I've done in my lifetime. Um, and now it's time to like reflect on that and actually look at like, what do I want now? And am I the right person to continue? Uh, do I want to continue? And I hope, you know, listen, I and mean, this all sounds quite negative. I really hope that
0: while I'm away, I want to come back and I don't. So I don't mm. want to give it up. No. But I don't I can't know. imagine what it would be like if you did as well. It would be such a voice. But
1: I think, well, no, because somebody else will, you know, hopefully continue it. <laughs>
0: Leonard's X on Virgin Radio Pride. Of course, the question is, will he ever grace the gay stage? I really do hope so at some point. My guest tonight on my Pride playlist is Jeremy Joseph on Virgin Radio Pride. Jeremy, here we are. Here we are in 2022. Um, after everything you've spoken about in the last hour and all the rights that you've seen us achieve in the last few decades, do we have everything sorted now? Is there stuff we still have yet to achieve?
1: Right. So first of all, we may have equality by law, but we don't have equality in for, in different areas. We don't have equality in certain LGBT people's heads. If we had that equality in their heads, we wouldn't have LGBT suicides. So, you know, that's why Pride events are so important. You know, so as much of my negativity about the organization, yes, the events the are so important because it is so important that, you know, we get a message out there to all the people who are who are struggling with their sexuality, Uh, with with who they are in their bodies you know that so the pride is important for that you know there is still so much homophobia you may have equality in the law but you don't have equality in people's heads. so you know people who live with homophobia within their own families within their religions within their uh, where they live within where they work that 's why we need pride now, so we don't ha- so to me, equality just is not just about the law it 's about everything, and we don 't have equality in the law because we still have conversion therapy, and we have a prime minister who needs to go because he hasn't got rid of conversion therapy, and he can say he wants to get rid of it, but he won 't get rid of it for the trans community he, This is a man you know who says you know he 's not homophobic he 's not transphobic, but while you have conversion therapy in here. You can say the words, but the words mean nothing. Mm. Um, And then you have to think about what we have here. And and we, we, we need to stop being ignorant to what's going on around the world. You look at what's going on in Ukraine, why is ukraine so important for the lgbt community it's because they have equality over in ukraine at the moment if russia gets to take over ukraine if russia take over that as a country if it is by russian rule then there will be a whole community who will either end up in prison will either be murdered or go back into the closet you know so El, you know we may have equality here but we need that that's why there's a ukraine flag flying outside this bar because yep. we, we because it, if if russia take over then that then then what's going to happen to lgbt community and you have to look at you know uh, uh other countries in the world it is still illegal to be gay there it's still a death sentence you know there are, you know uh you know uh, or, or you know there is so many countries across the world. There is not equality. And we, we, we need to sit and not just think, be selfish and think about the life that we have here. But we have to think about the lives across the world. And we have to fight for equality across the world. And we need to be, you know, what I would like to see from Pride, my favorite Pride, I mentioned earlier about Clapham Common. The thing that made the Pride at Clapham Common so special, obviously it was a free event. That was amazing. Yes. Um, but what made it so special was that we were a community and we were fighting for equality. And I feel sometimes that we've lost our feel for a, a community because, we, you know, you know, for some people, pride to, oh, let's go out and get drunk. And it shouldn't be about getting drunk. It needs to, be about, it, it needs to have a message. And it feels like sometimes the pride thing, oh, what message should we have this year? It's like the message is about coming together. And the last time that I felt that we were a community, I have to say, and it's sometimes tragedy that brings you together. And I say that the tragedy of Pulse. Yes. That was like, that was a that, that the most amazing day where there was a group of us, and I say a group because I don't, no one should take the credit for organizing this, but we all met up um, uh, and we all sat down and go, you know, we want to do a vigil. And we were like, how do we do this? And we've got, like, literally 24 hours to set this up and just pray that we get the word out. And we didn't know. So we'd arranged this, like, two-minute silence on Old Street, And it was just, like, we didn't know how busy it was going to be. Every bar had agreed to close, that stop their music, and everybody was to come out of that bar and come onto Old Street. And you could see, I, I can't remember the exact time, whether it was 7 or 8 o'clock, but around 5 o'clock, you could see the street looking busier. And of course, the, clo- the street wasn't closed. Like you know, we didn't have any permission from the police, but we were just hoping. But th- they were uh, they were like watching what was going on, and suddenly they were starting to close the road. Six o'clock. It's like you know, th- it was getting busy, and and I, I had to do and go and do an interview for ITV News live, and uh, and it was like and it was like I remember doing that interview, and I was, and it was just like and we were told the mayor was coming, Sadiq Khan was coming, and everyone coming down. And and it and the street was getting busier and busier, and then we had this plan. Um, and I I had the uh, I think the, the I hope I get the the wording right. The vicar from St Anne's Court. He was going to. So we, we we thought, how do we get the street to get silent? So he was with me outside G Y bar. I was timing it, uh, the spot on time. And we I think it whatever time it was whether it be seven or eight o'clock. Can't remember the exact time. He would ring a bell, and then we had. Uh, somebody with another, with a whistle, different points so when they blow it. So going down the street, so bell, <laughs> to whistle, whistle. Different So hopefully that would get silent. And it was really, the street was packed. The emotion on the street was just incredible. At seven o'clock, we were about to ring the bell. The street went silent. We didn't have to cue the minute silent. It just, two minutes silent, it went silent silent the whole street it was just i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because it was just incredible but it was like that moment was what pride is all about we came together
0: thank you so much it's a wonderful interview Thane. it's lovely to meet you you can have i know you didn't want a playlist or anything but i'm going to give you what's the one song we should end this with tonight
1: oh my god if you well
0: um pick anything you want
1: don't know <laughs> actually yeah do you know what i am gonna end with a song i know I've, i keep mentioning clapping common because that's the pride that meant everything and this is about pride i'm gonna end with um holly uh the, holly johnson i say holly johnson but it is frankie go to hollywood but the power of love
0: well let's hear it stunning pick and what way to end tonight's my Pride playlist Thank you so much for listening in. That was the My Pride Playlist Pridecast. And make sure you subscribe to hear loads more good stuff from Virgin Radio Pride. The Virgin Radio Pridecast. Proudly supported by Disney+. Full of stories and love for all.